generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. I'm a legal practitioner. I am passionate about helping businesses succeed and thrive. Um, I'm a graduate from the University of Benin. I'm a partner in a law firm, a top commercial law firm in Lagos. I am also a business student and a partnership coordinator at the European Business University Luxembourg. Um, I am the chairperson of the Corporate Governance and Com um, Compliance Committee of the Nigerian Bar Association Business Law. And I will summarize there, but yeah, I will celebrate God for my life. <laughs> All right, awesome. So like I said, doing great stuff. So let's get straight to it, right? When you hear the word systems, mountains and expressions, you know, what was the first thing that came to you? Please don't answer the question like, ah, I'm not sure we're not going to do Google research like this. But um, and I'll start from you. Like when you think of, when you see those words, what do they actually mean to you? And in terms of your experience, you know. Okay, good. Um, so the first time I saw all of the words, I was like, ah, it's plenty big grammar. But um, when I think about the word mountains, I'll start with that, because the first time I heard about the word mountains in the context we mean it was through Missionary Map. And we read a book called The Seven Mountains. Mountain Prophecy. Prophecy. Yeah, that one. And that was the first time I heard that word. I was like, wow. And then I realized that in that context, it generally meant everything that was a hallmark of society. I think that's the best way to define it. When you say mountain in that sense, you mean the hallmark of society. So from media to children to family to church, etc., etc. Those are mountains. Then when I think about systems, um, first thing that again pops into my mind is structure. So the structure by which a place runs or the structure by which things can happen and function properly, technically, is what I look like as a, what I see as a system. What's the last one? Expression. Okay, uh, not to sound super spiritual, but when true, but when I when I hear expressions, the first thing that comes to my mind is how we're basically living expressions of everything God has put inside us. So basically, I see that of you basically how your innate nature or inner personal desires manifest or comes out itself to the world. So yeah, amazing. And I wanted to just chip in there. So when she said missionary map. Missionary map is one of the growth stages we have in Kings because one of our missions is as you're raising Kings, you're raising disciples and disciples are raised to go and impact territories. So it's one of the critical core things we do as a house. And we actually have projects and fantastic stuff and most of us, I think, have gone through, right? Believe so, yeah. was one of my projects, by the way. For Missionary map, amazing. We celebrate you. <laughs> Over to you, Remy. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Um... So it's, it's three in one, yes. It's a mouthful. Um, but the way I understand it is sometimes we try to build things without thinking about systems. Um, and for now, I've been in a paradox because I'm delving into some more startup conversations and building. Yeah, and I'm now understanding... I'm trying to understand more as to what is the structure for a startup because if you overstructure, you are going to destructure everything. <laughs> yeah. But um, even at that level, there needs to be some form of structure. But most importantly, if that thing that you are trying to build must grow, 
structure must be a very important concept. And it's something that, you know, we saw God exhibit from day one. Like when he was building, I said when he was building, well, it was part of building, when he was creating the world, you know, um, there was nothing. And he put in structures. He put in structures from day one up until day last. Um, he divided the greater light, lesser light. So we could see all those structures that he put in place that the world has been existing since then. Yeah. So if he can do that from the beginning, what about us? Yeah. So structure is very, very important. Um, um, it needs to support a particular system. Yeah. Um, and I think the expression for me is really more personalized. Meaning, for me as Remy, how do I want to express myself in this structure? How do I want to express myself in this system? Yeah. I'll explain it that way. But, and there was something very important you said. God said something and it has been in motion since. It's kind of like what every other thing sits on. That's the foundation of things. So thank you for sharing. Please, can we appreciate that? Like when you hear gems, you know, please. <laughs> All right, over to you, Dot. So for me, when I hear the word system, I think of order, order of things. Like you said, when God created, there was structure, there was order. And I've had interactions with people, businesses, and I see something missing, structure. Structure is missing. And for you to achieve anything, for any desired output, you need to set things in place. There have to be modalities. There have to be structures. There should be an order in order for you to get the desired result. And when I hear of mountains, I think of the mountains of prophecy. There are sectors that are, and there are sectors in the society. So that's why I think of an expression is basically uh, what you show forth, you understand? Bringing forth what is within, expressing what is within, be it your, your skill, be it your intellect, what is within, bringing forth. It's like a visual representation of what is within you, basically. Please, can we appreciate that? Thank you very much. So I hear you say flavor. Show us your flavor, right? All right, awesome. You. Um, so for me, when I hear this, um, the first thing that comes to my mind is operating systems. So that's OS. Yes. Yes. Tell us, tell us. <laughs> um, I think of the inner workings of stuff, like how that, when you turn on your Windows or your MacBook, it works because there's something backing it, which is the system. I also think of order, like you said, what comes first. Um, I also think of the body, actually. Like, I was, I was thinking maybe I should not say it because maybe Dr. Tony will say, but I think of the body, I think of um, the immune system, respiratory system, all of those systems, and I think of scale. Um, when we see, like, the world, the reason why the world is what's the word now, this expanse that we see is because there's a system that's capable of holding this expanse. So that's three things that come to my mind. Um, with expressions, I think model. Um, when, I, when I talk about the word, the first thing that came to my mind was when my son was an architecture student and then she would always do, <laughs> she would always do, there'll be a plan, but there'll be a model that is like a physical expression of what is in the head, of what is on the plan, the model. So it's, it's easier to relate with. And then with mountains, <laughs> if my pastor sees it, I'm on the right track. <laughs> and then with mountains, like they've said, I think, I also think 
like the physical mountains. I think something very um, obvious. Not so. I think that even like um, it's not like a paradox, but like oxymoronish. Like how there are systems that like you don't see them, but then how there are mountains that are more evident, basically. Come on, can we put our hands together? And I'll be coming from you, so the question will come this way, right? So we've talked about so calling from what Ada said, talking about mountains being pillars of society. She has mentioned some. And for many of us, maybe just hearing this expression for the, uh, for the first time, she has explained what it is, which is the pillars of society, right? And she's mentioned, I think there are about seven. And if you remember, a mountain of government, of um, religion, economy, family, right? Media, you know, you have entertainment, education. These are various, yes, religion. These are various sectors and various um, aspects of society. Which of these mountains do you see yourself you currently functioning? And how, I wouldn't use the word how as a journey been, but in relation to impact and influence on that mountain, because a mountain is like an elevated plane. Everybody's trying to, you know, achieve something from your own practical day-to-day -day expression, right? So let's bring it down to how we can understand it. What's your experience? Yes. <laughs> What's your experience and how has that unique mountain been in terms of your engagement with it? Okay, so um, for me, there are three mountains that stand out. There's the economy, there's education, and then there's technology. I don't think technology is inside, but like, let's check technology inside economy. <laughs> because tech, like, the future is tech-ish, not really. <laughs> um, so for the first one with economy, obviously, I studied economics for like six years, so obviously that has to jump out to me. And why is because, um, I forgot to say something with systems. I see systems so as ideologies. And why economy jumps out to me is because, like, like my whole six years, it's evident that economies are shaped by ideologies and systems. And um, uh, when I just think of how easy, not cultural, economies really like Japan, China, US, all of those things, their unique economy or the unique expression of their economy is a function of ideologies. So, like, that's one of the first things that, um, then we tech because... I do inside. So obviously that has to jump out to me. And education because, um, I mean, I lectured and it wasn't just because I didn't have anything to do. <laughs> I genuinely like lecturing or liked lecturing or loved the concept of education. And I think education is very foundational to basically everything, really. Um, thank you, Ogi. <laughs> I think education is very foundational to everything. Um, so personally, how it has been for me, um, I guess with education, I got a huge shock. I, I, I will describe it as disillusionment. Um, lecturing in Nigeria is not easy. <laughs> um, it was hard to make an impact, if I'll be, if I'll be honest. Um, it was easier to do one-on-one -on -one with my students and say, oh, this is how I want you to do. This is, like, try and teach them how to think, really. But um, the system in Nigeria does not encourage that. And... I think that this conversation will always go back to systems. Um, so it was hard, to be very honest. And then with tech that I'm currently in, it's also hard. I think especially because the, the system of tech is agnostic, is, is, is in serious like, fights with God. Like in my space, it's easier to say you went for a rave, for a bash, for, to the club, than it is to say you went to church. 
Like every time I have all hands, all hands meeting at work and they say, oh, how's your weekend? You just hear people say, oh, I went for a rave. I'm like, eh, you did? It's, it's, it's harder for me to say I went to church. That it, so like with technology, I think that my current experience is, it's hard to be very honest. I, um, I'm not as vocal as I should be. Um, it's something I'm learning to, you know, do. I'll say it, that's it. Well, on the road to making impact. Please, can you celebrate her? Can you celebrate her? It's the, it's the honesty, and of course, for me, it is because we are all on a journey, right, at different levels. So, I'd love to hear yours. So, for me, um, it's family. I'm very passionate about family, and it's an area in medicine I would really want to specialize in. And I feel that family is the most foundational and fundamental unit of the society. So if you get it wrong in the family, you get it wrong in the society. If the, if the family is dysfunctional, the society is dysfunctional. And in my practice, I found that like when people come, when patients come to me with their complaints and everything, I try to dig down like, there is something wrong somewhere, and I found, like, I usually just find out that it's more related to how their family is. It's usually psycho, like, psychosocial, like, I, I, okay, so let me just give an example. So a colleague of mine, we we're just talking about um, different things, and she was just telling me about her friend who just returned from Kaduna, and he's had an issue of being, like, he and his sister, they're always fighting and everything. And he saw Sniper in the house, and he said, I was going to take it. Like, I plan to take this thing. And they just, like, joked about it. And the next day, she was trying to, like, knock on his door, no response, only for her to open the door, and he was gone. Like, Just, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. You see lots of suicidal attempts. You see people depressed and everything. And when you trace it back, you trace it back to the family. The family, the family, family. So there's actually a strong relationship. It's directly proportional to how the state of the society would function. If you don't get it right, the society would just be disrupted, basically. And also education, I'm also passionate about education. So when I talk to my patient regarding any condition, I want to explain to you, you need to be informed. Knowledge is power. If you're not informed, I'm not just treating you because I want to treat you. I need you to understand the reason why this is this. And this will also help with compliance. Whatever it is I'm doing for you, you understand. You are able to comply. So that's it basically. Come on. Can we just celebrate God and that, that wisdom right there? You've said an amazing thing. Thank you. Let me not stop the flow. All right. Thank you. Um, thank you. While you were saying family, I, I just realized that Adolfita came from a family, and if they had done something right, might have avoided World War II. And if you read about his history, you see that there was a disruption in his family, particularly with his father. Yeah. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, so for me, it's, um, I think it's first in business um, and um, personally there are three areas that, I, that I've always tried to focus on technology education and uh, economy um, business because I feel like until you solve the money part of a problem you've not truly solved that problem it will keep on reoccurring yeah um, it's very difficult for both the 
EU plus America to go against Russia because you can't try it. It's power. And it's not just, of course, there's military power, but there's also economic power. There are many billionaires are there. Um, and their connection to the entire world. They shut down one, one pipe, all of you will freeze. You know, so um, the Bible says money is a defense. Money is a defense. Like those who spiritualized it, money is a defense. And I, and I remember one day when I was thinking about that scripture, I was on the street in Leeds, and I just, it just came to me that money is a defense. But the next scripture that came to my mind, wisdom is a defense. You know, but the excellency of wisdom is that, you know, it gives life to them that found it. So immediately, immediately wisdom came to my mind, I was excited that wisdom is a defense. And I just felt God speak to me. Yeah, but money also is a defense. Why can't you have two? You know, I gave you two. You are the use of junior for one. Like, take the two of them. And so it's very important. I'm becoming more interested in addressing the money part of, of the economy. Yeah. Um, so I'm playing some rules. Um, in the office of people to raise some funds and things like that. Some people not think I have the money. I don't. Someone called me yesterday. I need five million urgently. I'm like, how are you guys doing this thing? There are levels to this 2K team. There are levels. He said, how do you guys do this thing? Five million. Five million is the new 2K. Updates, updates. I know he sent me the contract and all, and um, I've never raised it for him, but... God is taking us there, sure. you know. Yeah, so I'm trying to play more in that role. Um, I'm speaking with with someone today, you know. And one of the things that actually drives me in that area of business is sometimes, particularly in the role that I want to play, is to find ways to financially support businesses. And one of the things that people, the misconception is that you think you need all the money. No, you don't. No, you don't. I was speaking with someone today. They are financial firm. They've raised about a hundred billion. They just raised an amazing additional twenty. They just a hundred billion naira. Capital naira. Um. So I was asking, okay, how much of that fund was from your own company? They said, he said just five hundred million. And they've raised a hundred billion. Yeah. Um. I remember something that I that really struck me was I was helping to raise funds for someone and the person said Remy I'm doing this because of you and I realized that social capital is very important very very important yeah and I was able to help that person raise 13.5 so you don't need everything you there will be something that you have to raise yeah and I'm really open to see how I can really support maybe intense of businesses and see that they can really thrive and grow. Yeah, that's one um, business. The other one is in education. Interestingly, I was I recently met um, one of the technology founding fathers. You know, and while I was discussing with him, he was like, "Do you do anything in education?" I said, "Yes." And I, I was trying to shift away from education to technology. He said, "No, let's talk about education." You know, and I was really surprised. And he has sent me a message. He has booked for a meeting for end of October. To talk about education. Yeah, education is something I'm really passionate about, something I play in softcom, but trying to find ways to support low income earners to get into school. Um, and eventually, this is going to become 
a platform by building an entire data science around education, particularly to find way how do we scale education? Yeah, how do we scale it? Yeah, there's the finance part, but the thing about our society, we're in a low trust society. Technology cannot solve that. Yeah, so we need to put in the right um, variables so that when we put in the technology, because right now we are supporting 10 children, it costs us about 1.5 million naira per year to support one child. So we're supporting 10. Um, the, we need to get a number from 10 to 100. Okay. Yeah, and, it, and of course it's only scalable with technology. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and I think lastly it will be in... Um, religion and government yeah i'm not doing a lot of of i'm not playing a lot of role there now um i plan to play some more role in government because it's important like you will need the right people in the right places like your prayer points will just be inside baskets you, you you we can't we can't do that yeah and there are scriptural backings as to why you can't allow that to happen yeah um and of course religion and religion for me is not from a point of like church it's really from a point of this ideology like like she was saying um it is hard to have some of this conversation interestingly i was watching an interview early this morning and i was surprised it was a it was a commercial no it was a secular interview it was the presenter and Kanye west and, Kanye, and they asked Kanye west if you were to give an advice to like people young people and all what will it be he said just follow god and his plan for you i'm like how many people can say this is a live interview like how many people can say that bold and plain like some pastors can say it here and this guy is not a pastor so how do we bring that consciousness you know yeah and the reason why i think maybe technology is not part is my own uh, opinion is i feel like technology is really um, what's that thing called? An enabler, like a tool. Yeah, there's a particular word. Yeah, technology on its own cannot survive. It is an enabler of things. Yeah. So if there are no things for technology, so I believe technology will enter into all of these spaces, religion, everything, and accelerate growth today, all cause trouble. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, just I don't understand. Can you make? Can you just appreciate? This is. So good. There's just an intersection here, but let's hear from you, Dara. So it was funny because the first time I had to answer this question, I really, the answers in my missionary map is different from what I'm going to give now. But I feel like over the past few months and even the past morning, I feel like God has taken me really to the heart of what he has called me to do. And I'm coming to a place where I don't run from it. So the first one I'm actually going to say is family. And people that are very close to me are like, hey, from where? But like one of the things that the Lord has taught me recently is like what um, he said was how family is very, very important to the foundation of society. And God literally started to open my eyes. So I watch a lot of documentaries. I watch more documentaries than other movies. And when you see most of the cases of people that are either in jail or like in like some mental institution, there's a dysfunction in family, mommy issues, daddy issues, abuse issues. And a lot of this abuse, verbal, emotional, even sexual, are from family, a daddy, a mommy an uncle, auntie, somebody they trust, a grandmother, and God started to show me how there's there has been a structure of abuse that has been allowed to stay in families, and because that structure exists, there has been a dysfunction. And the Lord showed me something, and he said that even if you can't technically decide who gives birth to a child, 
what you can do is that you can create family for those people that are not necessarily their biological families, but it helps them walk away from such things. So it's trying to create a, for lack of better words, extended family for people. And that's why I'm very passionate about young people. So when it comes to teenagers and creating things for them or supporting people, like I don't have the bandwidth to do some of the things I want to do for teenagers. So right now I send my money to people that I know that are doing stuff like that. And it's about creating people or environments that can be family structure for those people that will heal them from the dysfunction that has been installed in them. So that's why I'm a huge fan. I don't know if you guys know Tunde that does chess and slums. I don't think people understand how powerful what that guy is doing is. Imagine if we have like 10, 20, 100 people doing something like that. Because the reason why is live internet, okay. But the reason why we have like politicians or people taking advantage of people on the streets is because they know that these people are in dysfunction and they keep a generation of children and grandchildren in poverty. So they grow up and the, the audience took it, they get they are able to kill somebody just for someone that keep them in that loop. So imagine if we're able to take people out of there and give them hope. What that would look like in society if you're walking on the streets and literally you're not scared that an era boy will not be insta because if you meet some of these people, they can genuinely be the nicest people you'd ever meet. But life has put them in such a way that there's been so much dysfunction. And if we start to create systems that can take them out of that, we're going to have a very functional society. Oh, yes. So that's one. Um, the second one is religion. I love Jesus. But um, apart from the fact that I love God, which kind of is the middle of everything, um, I think I've gotten to a point where I've generally seen churches come and go or people have church hurts and back and forth and everything and I've seen how there used to be a time in Nigeria I don't know if I lived in a bubble but in my, when I was like up until when I was like 10 years old I legit thought everybody in the world was a Christian no it might seem funny but I don't say church was more popular but church was more foundational in the little things so that's why I legit thought, my family, I knew my neighbors were Muslim, but I just thought they were Muslims for Ilea, but like everybody to go to church. <laughs> no, I'm being very serious, right? It took me, and there have been legit people that were born in church environments, and obviously they've had to go, and some of them is, well, not some of them, but a huge chunk of them is genuinely church hurts. And I genuinely feel that the church has a lot of work to do because some people have left the church not necessarily because they hate Jesus Christ, but there have been structures in church environments that have caused them to do that. And I mean, there's an argument of nobody can ever really leave God. Like, why are they leaving God? They are soft-hearted, blah, 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 blah. I mean, there's that part of you saying that is their responsibility, but there's a responsibility of the church to be shepherds for people. And the time the church stops acting as shepherds for people and are treating the sheep like wolves, they're not going to be there. So we have to bring back, in quotes, religion in the way that shows the heart of the Father. Because, I mean, back in the day, all of the biggest American institutes were Christian. Harvard was a Christian university. None of them, none of them are, none of them are, in, they rarely identify religious studies anymore. And, I mean, there's a huge chunk of slavery. Those are people that manipulate. And as an example, when people always say that like, slave masters are bad, there was, this was a huge chunk, a chunk of people that genuinely abused the Bible. So imagine if people are not abusing religion for their gain and what that would look like in society. What would it look like if we decide to look at the errors of people in the past and start to make a difference? So we're raising a generation of children that allegedly believe everybody's a Christian. So we are not sharing your meetings to say we all went to church because 
everybody thinks is the normal thing in the world and you're not feeling out of place. So what would it look like if we focus on healing adults from churchhood so that they can raise godly children and they're getting to the family level? Look at what that looks for society. And it also brings me to the last one, which is entertainment. And I was having a conversation with... Um, I know most of you know Jodeep, about how when we were so much younger, and I'm going back to it, it's not like the good old days, but I'm still Gen Z, Sha, but in the good old days, um, hmm, gospel music was mainstream. That's the best way to put it. Kenny Stenz Brown, um, T.Y. Bello, Okpomulero, um, Zik Kaffi, the lady that passed away, all of those people, like Kaffi, yes, and it went to a point that most of these big artists you know all had Christ-like songs. Maybe they did it to blow, but they genuinely had to do it because it was the norm of the day. The band had um, Olamajet, um, um, what was their name? All of them had, what was these guys? P-Square had the one that I went for choreography in secondary school. They all had all of these things, and it was not out of place. I mean, there's a time I was talking to T.Y. Bello, and she said for one of our shows, I think she said to face back that up or something. Like, these are people that we know as mainstream. Even the big stars abroad, they all came out of the church right and there's a thing where the church and entertainment have seemed to be out of sync and i'm not sure how that mindset came into play but i think it's a mindset that has to die in jesus name amen, amen. but i genuinely think because media is powerful entertainment is powerful whatever education that a child or a teenager is not getting in their home or school they're getting from the media so if we're letting things infiltrate the media that do not rec- that know what's the word called represents, thank you, I want to say something else, that do not represent our core values, whatever education you're doing on the home level, there's something fighting it back to back to back to back yeah. to back. And it's not even just at home, it's when they get to school, when they go somewhere, when they go everywhere. So it's like you're pouring clean water and then dirty water and they have to pour clean water again. That's kind of how I picture it. You get. So if we're able to put all of those things together, we're genuinely going to create a structure and a system that will be so much different for like generations and generations to come. Because one of the things when when the world tries to bring, I think Defire touched on this, when the world tries to bring ideologies into your head, media is powerful. Whether it's the good ideology, whether it's the bad ideology, subtle hints of it and media. You hear children make slangs that you know you, your husband, your grandfather has never said in your life, but they heard it somewhere. It can be a good one, hopefully, or it can be a negative one. And do you understand? So if we're going to have to get to the point where gospel goes back to mainstream, and doesn't even, again, I'm all about Jesus songs on the radio because we also have to not also make songs that take back the Jesus to our people. But there should be a combination of songs that genuinely sing about what he has done. And it should be songs that promote values that are intrinsically Christian. Because we need a combination of the both. Like, I want to hear my love songs from people that don't have a perverted view from it. I want to hear songs that are not talking about Igbo and Shayo and sex on the beach and something. Like, I genuinely don't want to have to close my ear every single time I hear something on the radio. Because I'm, I can filter my ear. But children can't. You go to children's birthday party. And back in the day, wasn't... Oh, hey, Jesus Christ, I'm Jay-Z. Back in the day, this wasn't a thing. Because all of those songs were censored. The most rotten song I knew as a child was Kerewa. And it felt like a curse word to me. I could not say it. Because it was genuinely censored. Like some of the lyrics you hear today. They don't censor anything anymore. Like you hear everything. For the longest time, there are so many songs I heard as a child that it took me now hearing that there's like a dirty version. Because everything was genuinely clean. But nowadays, there's no filter. And it's going to keep getting worse if we don't put systems in place to control that. I love that. Can you just appreciate that? That's so good. So if there's one thing I have been able to get from everyone here 
there is the power of education, mind transformation. I see that that mind transformation actually causes systems to run and operate because that's the foundation. So thank you so much for this. Now, this takes us to, we're going to take it a little notch higher. Now, we're going to go practical because we are all here, right? And we believe that we are kingdom influencers, right? In nations, generations, and what's the last word? So how do we, and you can share from your experience just very briefly because I know we're about tapering down. As a kingdom influencer, first of all, I know that I have an assignment. Just like what he talked about, you know, you the, you're the fact that there is a plan. There is a mountain that God has sent you to. It is for you to discover. It is not a question of I'm trying to find purpose. It has always been dead, not lost. You know what I mean? But where you have to step into those territories where excellence is demanded, skill is needed, understanding and wisdom, like he has said, is needed. As believers coming from this circle, how do we go into those places and cause transformation? You could share examples, you could share opinions. So I would also move this way. So starting from you. Hmm. There's no time. So the short version is don't be mediocre. Um, Holy Spirit is excellent. Wisdom, creativity. And I don't think we've ever seen a pattern in scripture where we've seen someone do something mediocre. I don't even think Jesus likes mediocrity, to be very honest. We've seen pattern in how things have gone in the gospel. And I feel like some people genuinely think that their Christianity is directly proportional to them being mediocre. So you'd say you're a Christian, but you're the person that is very shoddy at work. You never do your job. You're late every single time. You don't meet up with deadlines, you're a Christian and you're tailor and then the rope is removing and it's not ripped jeans, the rope did not actually tie very well. Um, and people are doing certain things. Like, if you want to genuinely have to break into spaces, don't be mediocre with your work because there's only little see. I support a lot of my friends that are doing businesses and thankfully they make it easy for me to support them because they're not bad. Like, don't make it hard for your friends to want to post your work or support you. And like, don't do shabby work. Exactly. Basically, like, don't make it hard because your team, whoever you feel like you're competing on a global level, is excellent. They are smart. They are committed to learning and growth. So if you sit down there and you don't do anything, you just sit down there. Like, people will stop patronizing you. Doors are not going to be open to you because your work is not going to take you up to that places. There are certain people that are Christians that are in big industries and people cannot wrap their head around it. And those people are there because their work legit speaks for them. Like, I know some people tend to be anti-religion, but when your work is of value, I promise you, they are going to come to meet you and pay you the big bucks. Even in my workplace, I don't know everything. But outside of my work time, I'm genuinely going to cost her to do courses so that I'm not going to be the one that's slacking when we're having stand-up. I cannot be the mediocre yes. one. Do you understand? Yes. So you have to keep... Represent. Exactly. You have to keep taking time to build value and create value and give value. Like, you, nobody ever knows anything, to be very honest. But just live a life that you're not afraid to try, you're not afraid to learn, and not afraid to grow. And again, do not be mediocre. Let's put our hands together for that. That was so sound. Yeah. Um, so, what I want to say connects to what she said, um, but let me first say this, that you cannot be influential if you are not respected. Not if you are not loved, no. If you are not respected. And there are two different things. Particularly, if you want to be influential, try, that, try your best for people to like you. But if they don't like you, it's fine. You must be respected. Yeah, 
Because, see, I, God loves everybody, right? But not respect everybody. First of all, they're a of no one. But what do I mean by does not respect everybody? There are only very few people that you can recommend. He told Paul, he said, Paul, don't practice what you do. He said, I have many people in this. So there are few people he can recommend. And it is by results. See, when Jesus met Peter, Jesus met Peter a failure in court. He said that he toyed all night and caught nothing. So why did he still bring him on board? Because he toyed all night. He toyed all night. He did not stop at day. He didn't stop one a.m. He toyed all night. Now, and then at the end of the night, he caught nothing. And so the first thing there was like, this was the man that was disciplined and dedicated. If I give this one work, he go work. He go work. Then secondly, he thought all night, he caught nothing. He just said, give me your boat. Say, oh, you can have it. I was surprised. Because if you're having a bad day, by 3, 3 p.m., nobody should not disturb me, I beg. I don't know what disturb me. Almost today was messed. Today was stressful, man. That conductor just vexed me. Anybody that call you, you give them. Because... Because you had a bad day. This one who told all night and kept his character. So, so it, this, one, this one can, when I send sheep, you will ship them well. You know, so you must be a person. I say it in two ways. That means you must be the best at what you do. And then you must be known for being the best at what you do. Yeah. Because you cannot be influential if you are not known. And we can't know you for stupid things. No, we can't. We can't. We should only know you for excellence. Why? Because there's a demand on the world to deliver. Right now, the entire world is in recession. We need people to deliver. So, if you can deliver, trust me, even if it's true Ogun you deliver, people will don't vote for you. So, why should we allow someone to use Ogun to deliver and they that I use Christ to not deliver? No, it's not fair. So, that means you must be the best at what you do. And it's not about me being better than you. Me being, being the best version of myself. How do I explain it? Judas went to the temple. Two people brought offering. This guy brought a lot. This woman brought small. And Judas said, this is the best. And they were like, how? He said, no, this person brought small from a lot. But this woman brought a lot from small. Like that one hour you have, you give your best. That's what it means. Some people are waiting for eight hours. That one hour that you have, if you don't follow that principle, you cannot arrive at being the best. And if you are not the best, you cannot be respected. Like, Ronaldo moved Coke bottle. They lost about, please call it, either four million or four billion dollars before that interview was over. He moved Coke bottle from the screen. Their shares went down before the interview was over. You know, many people thought they move coke, they coke any, nothing. You know, we know they shake anything. But how many players will move coke? But if they move coke, create self, nothing. <laughs> but Ronaldo is a person of result. And then the, the, the other part is the part that is not very easy because you now need to be known for being the best. See, let me tell you something here. Joseph, Joseph was in prison, knew that his destiny helper was there. Guess what? 
of do you know many angels went to meet people to give them prophecy to interpret dreams why didn't angel go and meet pharaoh to interpret dreams but joseph was recommended he was recommended imagine if the prisoner never knew that he can interpret dreams do you know that whether he interpreted that dream or not baba would have been freed because it is god that has given that prophecy already he would have been freed from the prison he would be in the palace chilling with the big boys Joseph would be there but you see he knew first, first, first of all he forgot about joseph he forgot but when there was a problem and that's why when there's a problem who are they we should know that ah there's somebody there's somebody joseph is in the prison let's get him so be the best at what you do <laughs> be, the, <laughs> was in the trenches. be the best at what you do and be known for being the best that's a lot of conversation wow i was about to say offering time but you know let's just can you celebrate can you celebrate that amazing amazing thank you so much thank you so same question over to you okay so um as influencers you need to stand out like you said be the best at what you do we are agents of change and for me wherever whenever i'm working i know that for the fact that i'm working for an organization i have the mindset that i'm working for christ it's very important to have that mindset because a lot of things will want you to compromise on your values like oh I can just get away with it. But because I have that mindset, because I am an agent of change, I'm a salt, I'm salt of the earth and light of the world. I need to shine my light. I need to shine my light. I should not allow anything dim my light. You should be a person of integrity, excellence, be the best at what you do, put in your best. And let people, like when they are talking about people, stand out. Like, they can vouch for you, like, oh, no, this person can't do this. Because you've stood your ground on things. Be a person of excellence. Put in your work. Put in your best. Shine your light. There's nothing. There's no, you don't really need a big platform to actually shine your light. No matter how small, no matter how small it is, in your, wherever you are, just make sure you're an agent of change because we need to transform lives. We need to transform our communities. And it starts small. It starts from your mind. It starts from who you are. Do you understand who you are in Christ? Do you understand what God has called you to do? Because if you don't have this mind, a lot of things will actually question your identity in Christ. In your workplace, everywhere. But if you are not grounded, if you are not grounded on your beliefs, then change wouldn't come. Can you celebrate God for that? Please, please, we can put our hands together for that even more. Thank you, thank you. So, I look you want to say, what's the question again? <laughs> As kingdom influencers, how do we, you know, stand out? Yeah, I was, um, it feels like they've said everything, but I want to say two things, and I feel like they've they've touched on it in some way. Um, especially what Remy said. So what I'll say is be solution-oriented, um, especially because I'm in the blockchain space. And one of the things I've noticed is they don't really rate you if you say you can do, as in you're just, I can do this. It's more like, let's see it. And for a, like, especially for me, that I'm, I know that I have a call to the mountain of technology and I want to change that space, it's not enough for me to say I can do it, I can do it. What, as in, where's the evidence? So when you're solution-oriented, it, it just, I think it's, 
reorientates how you approach stuff. Like, you, when you see a problem, you're not thinking, this is a problem. You're thinking, solution can come out of, come out of this. And then it just... I don't know, Isha orders how you behave generally. And again, what Ada said, very critical, skill and excellence. And I, there's something Ada said that I really like. She said, you don't have to be like the best person. Like she's taking Coursera course. And it's something also for me I've seen in the blockchain space too. Nobody truly expects you to know everything. First of all, blockchain is nascent, it's new. All of us are, it's almost like we don't know what we're doing. It's not, we know what we're doing sometimes, right? So, but like everybody expects you to approach it from a lens of a learner. How can I learn this? How can I bring this? This is what I've learned, this is what I know. How can I skill up? How can I add to it? And like for me, that's just the like two main things. Yeah. So we are tipping now to the, the final set of questions, right? And initially, I wanted to ask about, you know, personal experiences that you've had where basically you've had results or people basically tell you that, you know, you've been able to make a difference. I know we've all made, we all have testimonies and, you know, it's something that's very, very important to have. So I'm just going to ask this um, very interesting question. Um, I think just the last part, basically. Let's do something. Let's, let's, let's talk about this. Now, in terms of expression, right, you have unique skills, unique gifts. Um, you've had challenges. We want to relate. We want to understand how you went through some very naughty issues, um, especially when it came to you doing your work, you know, making that impact, making that influence, or something you're supposed to do. Give us a story, something, and how you navigated or you are still navigating out of it. Because I feel like there are very interesting points that some of us here will be able to really get impacted by. You know? So I'll start from you, okay? Oh, God, sorry. I was just about to correct you. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, two things stand out. Um, one, when I was lecturing, like I said, lecturing in Nigeria is... Let's move on. Like, it's, it's easy to say, you know how when, um, like, now ASU is on strike and it's, it's, yeah, like, why? How can they strike? When you, when you are in the lens of the place of a teacher, you understand things differently and then you can see, you can really see why. You can see why your lecturer is asking you for bribe. You can see, I'm not saying condone it, but I'm saying that it's, you're no longer seen from a student's perspective. You're seen from a lecturer's perspective. Like, what's, NUC's rate for lecturers. Lecturer one is probably 120k. Lecturer two is 140. Naira with inflation or 22% is ridiculous. So, like, um, one of the things for me was when I was lecturing, there was so many opportunities for bribe. Oh my god! And it almost felt like it was the norm. Like, the students expected you to collect bribe. Like, I was like, you're not taking bribe, eh? Why? As in, who are you? Who are you? What are you feeling like? And uh, uh, some things I can't say, but like, it was a shock to me because of where I was lecturing. I was like, eh? Evil here. Like, I would expect it from a federal school. I expect it from a polytechnic. I expect it from a state school, but not that school. But it was like, you that are not taking, there's something wrong with you. And it was something I had to navigate. And especially because, one, yeah, you're like, yeah, a junior. You have other like superior, you have the HOD, HOD is taking bribe, and you that are the, the lecturer, what you are saying, you are not taking bribe, how? So it was such a um, turbulent 
point for me. I just, I think I just decided. One of the things I did, I actually left, to be honest, because I couldn't take it anymore. But even when I was there, I just told myself, I'm, I had to present myself in a way that you will know that I can't take bribes. And I feel like with every like, school, there's always that one lecture that you know that, this one, if we don't bring bribe, it might not really collect it. I, that, was, that was what I decided to present myself as. And I mean, it made me look stricter than most, but I mean, it was better for me. It was something that, and again, the bribe money was not great, to be very honest. How much is, how much is 30 kids, yeah? Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but there's that. Um, also with, okay, with tech, um, I mentioned that tech is agnostic, and one of the things I've struggled with is just being vocal about my faith, not in a way that is, we are all going to hell here, no, but just in simple things. So there's, when I first joined the organization I currently work at, there was a time when they said, oh, every person that joins has to sing a song. And for some reason, the first song I sang was, I can see your halo, hey, oh God. <laughs> and you know, you, actually, and the funny thing is, I can't remember the last time I sang that song, and why it came to my heart, it's the atmosphere. Oh my God. Ah. And, and you know when I sang, I was like, what's well, there? I'm a Christian. I'm sister. But you know how the Holy Spirit is telling you that? Hmm. No, see. Take a, you, you're not, do you get? You're not see. And the funny part is, before that meeting, I was singing, God of Abraham. You're the God of... Why did I forget that song? I don't know. And then I just made a conscious effort. Like, anytime they call me to sing, henceforth in this company. And then I did, like, so there was another opportunity. And that's the thing with God. He will give you another opportunity to stand for him, to witness for him. And then... um. And then that opportunity came, and I sang God of Abraham, and God promised. And there's somebody I don't even know in the office just messaged me and said, you just confirmed what God said to me. Oh. Hey. Wow. I, mean, I, like, I can't even explain how that made me feel. Ah, I will stand for my Jesus in this company. It's hard. Let me not lie. But yeah, that's it. We move. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we have final question. So I would just love to know what your final thoughts are. Um, could be from the last question or what your final thoughts are even right round off, you know, just speaking to what some of these things that we've shared. So anyone, I'll, I think I'll start from my doctor. Yes, just come from So just to add to what um, she said, you actually need to stand out because there are lots of things that would want to uh, make you compromise. I've had lots of challenges, especially, for example, some people can reach out to you, oh, draft me a medical report. A lot of that, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, I can't. I they see me as oh, Jesus girl, oh, she's stupid and everything. But because I have decided to stand my ground on some things, I've had people call, oh, prescribing medications, or okay, I'm pregnant and all prescribing medication. I need to abort this, and I'm like, this is against my values. This is against my ethics. Aside the fact that I'm a medical doctor. I'm also representing Christ. Yeah. Is this what God will have me do? So irrespective, wherever you find yourself, whatever mountain you are in functioning, have the mindset like, I'm working for Christ. I'm representing Christ. Is God pleased with what I'm doing? Yes, ma'am. And also, aside being a Christian, you also need to work hard. You need to be excellent. You need to put in your best. Put in your best, like, you're an agent of change. You need to transform lives. And whatever you do, just try as much as possible to make sure that everything you put in your mind, you put in everything, like 
just make sure you do what you have to, within your own power, within your own control. Just, just do your best. Thank basically. you very much. Last words from you, Remy. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, something you said on, and I, I would, and I would just phrase it as like principles. Yeah. Um, because the more I look into how the value of somebody being respected, yes, you need to have results, but you also need to be principled. Yeah. And for us, our foundation for principle is Christ. Yeah. And to be honest, eh, we are going to, <laughs> this will sound somehow, but we are going to grow in our levels of temptation. Yeah. I mean, we are struggling with 10K now. Things are going to happen. Um, so I, I had an issue with my car and I wanted to get money from the insurance. I didn't really like the way they behaved and I told them on the phone. I spent like 20 minutes telling them that you guys are the reason why Nigerians are not ethical. Yeah, because I've realized now that if somebody is going to be bold to be wrong, I cannot be shy about being right. I can't be doing, I can't be doing, doing um, nonsense and then I will now be quiet about it. Why? I can't be bold to do this wrong to me. So, so I spent like 20 minutes on the phone, you know, just telling them, of course, you don't have to insult and all. Um, and I got some advice as to Remy, you need to take the price this way to this other. I like, no, I still paid some money from it, but it's fine. How much was it? I can know that where God is taking me to by God's grace, temptation are going to be in millions of dollars. What are they going to do? So, so, so please, like, it is really an admonition as to, um, let's just start building our strength of character. Like, our example was very, very strong because. The moment your principle begins to shake, you cannot be influential in that space anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for me, my final words would be, and this is for, can I hear myself? <laughs> I think for me, and I think this works for almost every industry or anybody, is learn to filter opinions and voices. And this goes two ways. Learn to filter opinions and voices in your own head. Lauren Daigle has an entire song about it. About I hear voices in my head. That's just not enough. Blah 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 blah. And it's very, 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 very important for you to learn how to filter voices and opinions in your head. Some of them might genuinely be attacks. Some of them might be your own self, self doubt, self hate, self everything. So you need to learn how to filter opinions in your head. If they are attacks, you speak the word of God to them. If they are even in your own head, you speak the word of God to your own self. And you need to learn to do that because a huge chunk when you're in a leadership-like position or influential position, you need to learn how to lead yourself. And if you're unable to effectively lead yourself, you're unable to create structures and lead people to follow a vision. And it doesn't mean that you have moments when it feels like your humanity is human in. Like, again, we're humans, but the word of God tells me that God strengthens me that I believe in my weaknesses, and I apply that to my mental health and to myself. That's one. And the second one is to learn to filter the opinions of people. Um, so if, imagine if you finish fighting the war in your own head and then you're dealing with people around you that are very negative. That's genuinely a different kind of playing field. And you need to learn how to deal with people like that in wisdom. Wisdom means telling them, I'm planning X, Y, Z. Rosemond, don't come near me. Wisdom means if you know Rosemond is not someone you can have. Again, example, Rosemond is not like this. But the wisdom is if Rosemond is not someone you can have a 
wise, non-fight type conversation with. You use wisdom to know how to remove yourself from that scenario. Wisdom means knowing people that you can share your vision with. Wisdom means knowing what your vision is and not letting people's idea of what they think your vision should be like change your vision. Because I'll give a good example of believers, but I'm going to end it here. The very first day I believe I was supposed to happen, it almost did not happen because I had people tell me that I was playing with the call of God on my life and I cried, literally. And they told me that I was... <sighs> Legit how people do that. People made Twitter threads about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing down ministry. I'm playing down with the Holy Spirit. I'm being to this one. I'm bringing my ability to... I'm very extroverted. So I'm bringing my extrovertedness to gospel and calling it something. A lot of stuff. I, I cried. I, didn't, I don't even think I told anybody on the team. Fidel looking at me like, when that won't happen. I genuinely cried, and I know I had to speak to Joe Deep about it, and I think Giz Baba then. It was genuinely tough for me, and I had to... I'm happy I spoke to them, because I had to recalibrate my head, to learn to filter people's opinion, because they will push what they think things should be, but God did not call them. God called you. And learn to have people that can speak to what God has called you. So when other people are talking yeah. anyhow, there are people that can reinforce you. Come on, can we just celebrate God? It was not a group call. It was a personal call. Praise God. Ladies and gentlemen, with a resounding round of applause, can we just celebrate this highly esteemed and distinguished panel? Thank you so much for sharing this insight. You can do much better than that, ladies and gentlemen. Let's jam our hands together and celebrate the amazing panelists right here taking us through systems, mountains, and expressions. And leading the panel session, of course, the amazing Rosemont. Please, let's jam our hands together for her too as well. The generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this out.